Wendy Conklin, welcome to the Jazz Podcast. Thanks a lot, Rob. Lovely to be here. Oh, it's our pleasure to have you. Thanks for coming back because we had we've. I feel like we're cursed. We've tried <laughs> it. This is like the third time lucky. Yeah. But no, it's no, it's definitely third time lucky. Yeah, it's going to happen. This is gonna be amazing. <laughs> so we were just listening to Bahia, which is an original yeah. that you had written um, with your husband Pat for the album. That's right. Yeah. I actually wrote it a few years ago just as a, a guitar tune. He was on holiday in Portugal and he wrote two or three sort of um, Latin themed tunes on his holiday. And we, we used to play it years ago, but we never really played it that much. And I always used to say to him, it's a great song. We should we should do something with that. So I put some lyrics to it and um, and some melody as well. There was sort of a half a melody to it. But it was mostly just a chord sequence. So that's uh, that's one of the things we we uh, tweaked for the for the album really did you i'm so sorry i i'm sure you just said this this is my ultimate shame that i missed it <laughs> did you write the lyrics to it yes i wrote the lyrics yeah oh they're so good i love it it's a <laughs> brilliant you. little tune i was just imagining that we we're on holiday and it's a little bit like um you know michael franks has written a whole album about being on holiday and, and <laughs> Sounds great. Pro- probably more than more than an whole album yeah so uh, you know he, he was sort of in influencing us and uh, at that time really about being on holiday yeah yeah oh that's really nice it's, yeah, yeah it is a incredibly relaxing um, oh, cool. thing it gives me a real caribbean vibe i can imagine like you know turquoise like beautiful seas and oh, um, the kind of holiday where you just stay at the hotel and uh, yeah, don't do much. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that actually because a few people have said it makes them feel relaxed and it makes them feel like they're on holiday or whatever. And and uh, I mean that's that that was kind of what I was trying to achieve with it, really. So it sounds like we've done it. <laughs> You've definitely done it. So yeah. the album Piano Divas. Yeah. When was it released? It was released on twenty eighth of March this year. Ah, cool. Uh, so um, it's been. An, it was recorded in February, so we got it out at the end of March. That's outrageously fast to have <laughs> turned it around in like a month like that. Well, it, yeah, it was recorded in two two and a half days, which was uh, you know just because we we only had that amount of time and that amount of money to do it. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, we were kind of wanted. To, I wanted to get it out even quicker than that, but I was being a bit unrealistic, really. Uh, everybody just pulled out all the stops, and we got it out by the end of March. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. where did you record it? It was. Um, we've got a friend. Well, he's a friend now because we've we've uh, we've recorded with him. But he was a friend of a friend who uh, he's got a studio in Fullbeck, which is near Grantham. Oh God, that's annoying. Sorry, left my phone on loud. <laughs> that's all right. Super professional vibe here on the jazz <laughs> podcast. I'm sure you don't regret at all no. ever agreeing to come on the show. No, no, no. That's life. I've, just, I've just looked at my phone to make sure I switched mine off because my and my text messages, uh, I've got a ridiculous sound for it. So <laughs> I'm just, you know, to avoid embarrassment. But on my part, I'll just make sure I've got my phone can switched I, off. Can as I well. text yeah. you and we can all hear it? Yes, if you want to. Yeah, just hang on a minute. Let's Let me do switch it. it on. Yeah, let's do it. All right. See if I've got the sound up properly. Yeah. Crank up the volume. Yeah. See so if we can share this uh <laughs> share the shame. Let's see if unless you uh gave me the wrong number, of course. No no no, you you texted me already, so I think I'll give you the right number. Yeah, yeah. 
It should definitely work. It should. Go on, little message. Go forth into the world. <laughs> I'm not having any of that. It'll come, it'll come. Yeah, it's right. probably... Uh... Let's keep talking and then it can interrupt yeah. us whenever it feels appropriate. Yes. So, did, you say, did you say good afternoon? Because I've, I've got a text saying good afternoon for yeah, some sorry, reason. Sorry, that's I've got the only thing that came into my head to write. Yeah. Let me just check that the notification sounds are on properly. Maybe you have to turn off the screen. Um, you know? No, it's, it's okay because... Oh, yeah, that's definitely working. <laughs> that wasn't it, by the way. <laughs> it's, it's more ridiculous than that, yeah. Oh, that was quite yeah. classy. What was that? That is, it's one of the, it's just a really sort of slightly cheesy, smooth jazz um, ringtone that I downloaded from somewhere. That's nice. So, uh, yeah, anyway. Oh, we're not getting the other one. Anyway. All right, let's... Uh... Digress. <laughs> yeah, you, you were asking me about, um, about the recording recorded, studio. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's a guy called Spencer Cousins, and he's um, he's a pianist himself, and he's also MD for Joan Armour Trading. And um, when John Martin was touring uh, a few years ago as well, uh, he was his MD for, for John Martin as well. So he's got a lot of experience in recording and, and uh, playing, and he, he sort of uh, had a little bit too much of touring. He decided to settle in in Fulbeck, and he built a studio around a piano. So it's got he's got a Steinway Grand uh, oh, piano. Such a wonderful idea to sort of start with the piano and then yeah. Go well, that's, that's his focus. You know, he's a pianist, so he, right. he thought, well, let's have a proper piano in it. And that's one of the criteria we were looking for a studio that had to have a nice piano in it. Yeah. Um, because all the other parts of the recording the guitar and the bass and the drums you can you can basically record them almost anywhere yeah um but the piano and somebody who knows how to record a piano was really important yeah so that's why we decided to go there and you did some crowdfunding before yes yeah um yeah it was basically for the recording and for other expenses it it, it didn't really cover the promotional stuff which right, yeah. uh, but it's it's covered all the all the recording costs and the mixing and and uh, getting the sleeves printed and yeah. and so on. So the main aim was to get everybody who crowdfunded it their copy of the album. Oh, lovely! Within budget, and that's we we achieved that aim. So yeah, it's great. And I think people like having you know having this thing that they've bought into and they've not lost it out because they've funded they've given us ten pounds. Yeah. Then they they know they're going to get a CD in return, which is pretty much what you'd pay for one if you bought it anyway oh it's a brilliant idea it's a win-win and the fact that you gave those cds out in probably record time as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah i didn't want to keep people waiting because i'd, I'd told them it will be the end of february and then yeah. i had to go back and say uh actually yeah. i was being a bit unrealistic there yeah and they were all fine about it yeah people so. don't mind that if you're honest about it no. i think ignoring your backers is the is the way to to Oh, yeah. uh, enact their vengeance <laughs> <laughs> yeah we've had no vengeance right. <laughs> no vengeance so no far vengeance. that's brilliant no, that's no. good news yeah. so yeah. who who mixed it uh, Spencer mixed it as well who who recorded it so he did the recording and the mixing right. had he done any other albums that you'd heard he had yeah he played us some of the ones that he'd recorded uh, right, okay. with you know piano and so on so we could tell he was yeah, uh, you know, we were talking the same ideas and so yeah. on. Um, but he actually did a lot more than that. To be honest, he did. He, he was really supportive and 
when I was playing the piano, because the piano is actually in the same room as him as he's recording. Yeah. It was giving me little encouraging nuggets of things like, oh, you know, amazing. try this, don't try that, you know, relax, it sounds great and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, and so really, I wanted to credit him as a producer in hindsight. Yeah. So, because he did so much more than just record and mix it. Yeah. He's great. That's part of the thing with a sound engineer that that maybe is another big thing about who and why you'd record with someone. Like when you find yeah. someone that knows exactly how much input you want, how much to chat and get involved and how much to like leave you alone and yeah. get on with your job. No, I definitely recommend him. It's, uh, it's, it's just, it, it worked perfectly. And I think the reason we got it done so quickly, one of the reasons was, was basically him knowing his stuff and knowing what to say and do and so on. Yeah. So, Well, the album, it sounds absolutely amazing. The, like, oh, thank you. And the, the quality of the recording, the, it's, so, it's so clean. It sounds just really... Yeah. I guess what I mean is that it just sounds really expensive. in a good way it sounds really you know um, well i think that's down to him as well i mean and the other thing was that me and pat listened to a lot of other albums in in a similar vein right um like for instance till bronner's album which is is pretty similar obviously although he's a trumpet player it's it's nice relaxed standards and so on we listened to that and we compared that with some of diana crawl's albums and we listened to those as well and and we tried to come up with with something similar, and um, you know we were pleased. We thought we had so. Yeah, it does. Yes, but it sounds expensive. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, what? Who else was like an influence to you then? With the, or like the piano divas thing, especially. Who are you like? Who Who are we pointing the finger at here? Well, people like Diana Kroll, yeah. Eliane, Elias. Yeah. Um, Shirley Horn and there's a few others as well who I've come across over the years called uh, there's a lady called Dina De Rose she's um, a fantastic singer pianist but not probably not so well known uh, Tanya Maria Brazilian player Blossom Deary you know and not just not just these singers pianists like Herbie Hancock Chick career and <laughs> yeah. you know just yeah, usual yeah. geniuses you know yeah that's <laughs> so but yeah most mostly that's that's that was the theme because yeah. i sing as well as play so yeah that was the theme of the album really had yeah. you how long had you been like before you recorded it like mm. thinking about the album and arranging the songs and kind of working yourself up to to the day of recording well we we had the idea in sort of uh, last year, basically, yeah. we had early last year, and sort of we'd done a few bits and bobs, and, and Pat and I had arranged some of the songs and so on. We got the show together, and then we did a video last August to try and promote some of the the songs and, and the band. Yeah. But then I think, well, we decided we were going to record it a little bit later on, really, because we needed. It's one of the things about getting all the stuff together. We got the videos. We needed some good sound recordings and obviously the best way of doing that is to just record an album really yeah so um that that was why we did it did it that way around really you'd always imagined that you'd sing and play um not really no when i first started i was i was just playing the piano right 
Uh, when I started playing jazz, um, I was being the pianist in other people's bands and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and it was just basically one day someone came up to us at a, a gig and said, oh, can you do Diana Krall's song, East of the Sun, or something like that? I can't yeah. remember what it was. But I said, oh, I'm sorry, I don't sing. And they looked so disappointed. And the guitarist in the band said, you know, why don't you sing then? You know, <laughs> what, what could go wrong? And I was just thinking, well, I could just sound absolutely awful, you know. But And I had done some singing. I'd, I'd sung in choirs and so on. But it was mostly yeah. class, classical. Yeah. So well, I'm it's... really impressed you just went for it. Because if someone <laughs> asked me to sing on a gig, I'd be like, no. And I definitely <laughs> wouldn't try it. Well, I know. I think it's it's that thing of... When somebody says to me, "You really should do that," and and I think, well, I've either, it's like when I when I went abseiling once, and I, I got to the edge, and I looked looked down, and I thought, well, you either go back or you go over the edge, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a going over the edge right. person. Fantastic, yeah. <laughs> I would never go back. You know, somebody said to me, "You're going to do you're going to do this," unless it was yeah. really ridiculous. I would, I'd have a go at it, you know. And, and um, what can possibly go wrong? I like it a lot. So when you started trying it, though, how are you? How are you figuring out what you wanted to do or how you wanted to sound? Um, I think one of the things was um, I listened a lot to Diana Kroll and I listened a lot to um, some of the other singers who don't have the same kind of voice as, say, Ella Fitzgerald, uh, that is very sort of technically um, polished or whatever. Mm-hmm. Where I mean, Diana Kroll. And a lot of it, especially her earlier stuff, when she's obviously finding her feet and so on, is quite conversational. Right. And, and it's not, it doesn't really sort of like use the lungs and all the sort of chest voice and head voice and all that sort of thing that you get into when you classically train. Right. So I just kind of sort of tried it and then I worked out the bits that didn't sound very good. And uh, I mean, I've had some lessons over the years as well, just maybe one or two from people who are, uh, wanted to help. But it's it's mostly just sort of listening to your own voice, dis- deciding which bits sound good, you know, and which bits don't sound so good, and, and working on on the bits that don't really. Right. <laughs> Is it the com- were you do you we do you like the conversational thing? You know the early stuff you were saying about. Cause, yeah. Because I really I, like that. As well. Yeah, I do. I do. I, I don't like it when pe- when singers um, force their voices to sound like something. Yeah, like a lot of modern singers. If you watch the X Factor, you know they've got a <laughs> yeah. sound. They've got a yeah. sound. It's like blowing a trumpet and going ooh, yeah. and then they put they project all the other stuff onto that. Yeah, even like an accent sometimes. Yeah, yeah. and it's just you know you listen to them sing one song and then you listen to them sing another song. It sounds exactly the same because they've got this sound. Yeah. Rather than just sort of like trying to tell a story, mm-hmm. there's none of that now. It's you know because they've got to have this perfection thing in their sound. Yeah. They're frightened to sort of let it go and and maybe have a bit of a croak here and then uh, there. Yeah. But you know that's not my style at all. I, I'm not interested in that yeah. sort of singing. So something that I really love in your album is that the voice is. Um you treat it like an instrument you know okay. it's not yeah. it's not uh, uh how to put this sometimes i've been seeing gigs in the past where you like you get the the house band play a few tunes and then the singer comes up and everything changes yeah you suddenly get locked into a song form and a lot of the the kind of conversational creativity bottoms out um 
And uh, whilst that's an incredibly vague generalisation, um, my <laughs> no, point I'm... is just that you're because you're playing the piano as well. I think that that it's just just sounds like an instrument. You know, when I listen to it, it's not like oh, a jazz singer. Yeah, yeah. No, that's great. I'm I'm, I'm really pleased to hear that because I mean that's one of the things that. Um, I didn't want, but I know that there is a bit of prejudice, I think, towards singers. And I think some of it is is founded in, in fact, because when you sing, I think some people forget, some singers forget that their voice is an instrument and they should use it like an instrument. They're just sort of, yeah. they've got this image of, um, I don't know, a cross between Billie Holiday and Marilyn Monroe looking gorgeous on the mm-hmm. stage. You know, and that's their yeah. inspiration for singing. Whereas my inspiration for singing is getting some really good notes you know, interacting with the band, yeah. um, rhythm and all the rest of it. And I think there are quite a few singers out there that that do try to be or try to emulate instruments. Um, and they are my favourite singers, Yeah, you know, because of that, probably. So I'm, I'm very pleased to hear that I'm mm. sounding like people are to say. <laughs> <laughs> I sound like a very grumpy... I am a grumpy old man. That's what oh, I God. sound like one. Well, I'm There's... a grumpy old woman. <laughs> <laughs> There's a um, there's an album I I saw them at the Barbican last year. It was um, Bramford Marsalis and Kurt Elling. Oh yeah, all and, of Kurt Elling. Yeah, and, and Kurt really gets so he gets his hands so dirty. You know, he's really mm. like like we're saying like he sings like Kurt, but then he improvises yeah. and he does. There's like whole tunes that are sort of freely improvised, and it's really great to hear him in a context yeah. where he's where he's being. I think, like you said, not not playing up to the stereotype of like singing the head and then getting the hell out of there while there's some solos going on. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's, he's great. He's, he's an instrumental singer. I'd, I'd put him in that bracket. Myself. Nice. So, nice description. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So who else is in your band? On the um, my husband, Pat on guitar. Um, we've got a, a gentleman called Paul Jeffries on double bass. Um, and on the recording, we've got Stevie Smith on drums, who's a drummer from, from Lincoln, Paul's in Oxford. So we're based all over, really. Yeah. What, yeah. How did you choose those guys to be your band? Um, well, we've, we've, we've known Paul for a few years because he used to run Burton Jazz Club. And um, since he's moved down to Oxford now, he's running a few clubs down there. But he's he plays a lot with... Um, with a violinist called Ben Holder, and he plays in a couple of bands like Gypsy Fire. That's they've had some some reasonable exposure, I think, in London. Um, but we, he's just such a great guy to work with. He's just so easy to work with. He, he plays all the right notes. His bass sounds great. But more importantly, he's a he's just a really easy friend friendly chap to work with. Really, yeah. uh, we knew we'd be able to do it and uh, do the job and so on. And I'm pretty much the same with Steve. He's got lots of experience of recording. Yeah. Um, and he just he was very keen on on doing it, and uh, so that was it really. Uh, he's a you know similarly a great drummer. Yeah. So Did you played together before the album. Yes, uh, played with Paul at several places like his clubs and our club and other places. But Steve also runs a jazz. Um, he runs a jazz session in Lincoln, so. He booked us to to work with him on that, and that's when we met him. Yeah. Uh, so we worked together in different places. Yeah. But I think the first time Stephen Paul worked together was with us. I could be wrong, but I think that was with you know the whole band being together. That was probably the first time. Yeah. 
um, they'd, they'd work together. But so they could. the record label? Yeah. Which label is it on again? Well, it, 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 we released it ourselves, and I, I called the record label Blue Quaver. Right. Oh, amazing. <laughs> but, but it's been distributed by um, Discovery Records, so they're, they're distributing it in the UK and Europe. How does that work, then? Just... Um, well, we send them a batch of CDs yeah. and they basically get it out to various different places. Like, and then I have to invoice them for. Because went to Japan. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's that's yeah. been handled by another company called oh, okay. Gats Gats Music. Right. Um, I can't remember exactly how that happened. I just had an email from a guy in in, in America who who wanted to to buy them. Yeah. To send them to Japan. Right. And he's called the Jazz Depot. Right. Uh, in New York, and he just said, "Can I have so many CDs?" And and he he basically invoiced, he paid me for them, and then they picked them up. Oh wow! That's so <laughs> that's amazing. Someone sounds a bit like, ramshackle. Can we have them, please? We'll sell. That's great, though. That people. Well, yeah, I said yes. Of course, it. you can have them if you pay for them first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then you can do what you like with them. You yeah. know. It's, but um, Discovery, in particular, have been really good. I know it's it's in Ray's Jazz now, um, the the shop in in Foyle's Bookshop because. Yeah. I've actually seen where they've sent them and That's so on. That's amazing. That's so cool to be in there. Yeah, well, they've done that. And they have I'm pretty sure they're the ones who are responsible for um, the Observer Review. Right. And they don't just do distribution. You see, they do promotion as well. Yeah. Because it helps them and their company to get to get their company's name out to promote the acts. Yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah. Do they also run as a record label? Um. I'm not sure, actually. That's a good question. I think I don't know. That might be in their plan. You never know. But it's really I think... interesting that you to like release it yourself, but then because you kind of keep your creative freedom, release it yeah. whenever you want, and then you're still having someone help to promote and distribute it. It seems like a really great balance. Yeah, I think it's just one of those things that the modern way, I suppose, because we, we ourselves couldn't afford to do it all. No, and it would take um, your whole, like, you'd never be able to do anything else with your time either. No, you know? this is it. I just want to really, just want to be a musician and yeah. not have to do stuff. But I think we all have to do some yeah. promotion, like social media and so on, and yeah. uh, just generally going on about yourself yeah. all the time. <laughs> yeah, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, what, um, what gigs are, are coming up? There's one well, in London really soon. That's right. We've got one on Saturday. That's the 25th of November. Oh, yes, um, and the show will be out before that. Oh, right. Brilliant. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll release it on the tomorrow, the 23rd. So fantastic. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's at Pizza Express at the Pheasantry in Chelsea. Yeah. Um, so um, that's the next one, and yeah. probably you know one of the best ones this year. Yeah, that's really <clears> cool. That's yeah. great. That'll be amazing. And uh, is there still tickets available for that? I think so, yeah. It's, it's not coming up as sold out on the website. So I think, I mean, if people do want tickets, just go to pizzaexpresslive.com. Beautiful. Um, I, I don't think it's sold out just yet, but hey, it would be good if it did. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that'd be, that's, the, that's, that's what we want. Yeah. Um, and then, um, as well as pizza, is there anything else? This year... Um, this year, not not really. We're kind of winding it down after that. Yeah. Um, for the rest of the year, but I mean, we always get lots of little bits and bobs to do at Christmas, and yeah. uh, we always do a charity event in 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 Newark, which um, is run by a guy who, who runs Stray's Bookshop. Yeah. 
and uh, he's well we've been friends for years he's a bass player as well and we always go over there every year and do a, a Christmas concert uh, for charity and you know it's different charity oh, every amazing. year that's really lovely uh, yeah it's good fun as well and we get to dress up stupidly <laughs> like ah brilliant Santa very you know. important <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah do you run a jazz club yes yeah we run Chesterfield Jazz Club oh that's amazing um, which is kind of is a house band, which is us. Uh, yeah. Plus, we invite people over uh, to to join the band. Really, oh, that's really cool. Uh, yeah, it's been it's been going since twenty ten. Uh, sorry, no, twenty twelve. Yeah. And uh, every month since then, we've had we've had one, and we've had some some really great guests like Jim Mullen and uh, Alan Barnes and Phil Robson, Tony Kofi. Wow, that's amazing. People like that. That's awesome. Yeah. And to survive for five years yeah. as a jazz venue is also an amazing achievement. Well, it was another one of those things we've got to do. And I said, we shall do it as long as it doesn't cost us any money. Yeah. Um, you know, it doesn't really make us any money. Whatever money we make yeah. usually go, goes on to the next gig or yeah. goes on promotion or, you know. Yeah. On the nags. Oh, no, we didn't really say that, did I? <laughs> So, um, it was a joke. <laughs> the Japanese CDs. Yeah. Um, are they in Japan now? Yes, I think. Well, I think so. Yeah, I mean, they were picked up last Monday, I think, something like that. So, yeah, they should be over there. And I'm pretty sure the company's called Gats G A T S Records. Yeah. Who who've got them now? Because strangely, about half our listeners, not strangely, I feel bad. Hello, Japanese listeners. It's a pleasure <laughs> to have you all, and we love you, and I don't say it enough. But about half our listenership is in Japan. Oh, amazing. I know, yeah. I'm, <laughs> which is a great honour. I think it's yeah. all thanks to Loz Garrett, who who was our second guest, and he plays in Jamie Cullum's band. Ah, and, uh, right. The, the Jamie Cullum Japan Twitter account got very excited about the interview. Oh. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but they've loyally stuck around. So Oh fantastic. Yeah. Well so, so get, you know, I just think about ja- Japan as being a great nation of jazz fans and I mean yeah. I'd love to go and play over there. I'd absolutely love it. Yeah. You know, they've there's got a kind of I think sometimes British fans don't appreciate music and the way that you know, whenever I see a concert that's been videoed in Japan, uh I can see the audience just really into it and, and yeah. they're really enjoying it in a way that I think some British audiences just miss the point with yeah. the Japanese don't miss the point. They get it. Right. So that's how I feel about Japan. Yeah, no, I, I yeah, <laughs> they're very, right. very committed to whatever they're into. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you're right. That'd be an amazing place to go and play. Yeah. So I had another question and I've already forgotten what it was. But... Oh, I'm just going to, well, while you remember, I just had a, <laughs> I had an email last night from um, the producer of Claire Teal's show. Mm-hmm. Totally out of the blue. I mean, I've been emailing her, obviously, about the album, and I've not heard anything, but uh, she, the producer actually requested a copy of the album. So, hopefully, they'll be playing a track or two on, on Claire's show. Oh, brilliant. I don't know when, and I don't know if they'll tell me, but... <laughs> She asked me for a copy of the CD for her own personal use, so I'm gonna. I've sent her one. So oh, there you go. great! That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any advice for people who are at the very start of this process that you're kind of at the end at, who are listening, kind of just thinking, "Man, it'd be great to do an album one day." 
Yeah, I had some advice from early on from from a pianist called Kate Williams, yeah. uh, which you've probably heard of. Yeah. And when I first started out, I emailed loads of pianists uh, that I really liked, and she was one of them. And she was actually the only one that got that had the trouble to get back to me at all. Right. Um, and she just said to me, number one piece of advice I've got for you is don't don't underestimate the amount of time it'll take you to get to a standard where you know you, you feel it's you're acceptable and I think that's probably the best bit of advice I've ever had really you know it won't happen overnight yeah and you do improve all the time and it will take years yeah to get to sound anything like you know you want to sound and even then you'll still hate some bits that you do and you'll you'll want to improve all the time but yeah. that's just part of the process I think Rather than saying something vague like or just generic like go and do a course in jazz. Yeah. Um I mean if that's what you feel you want to do, that's that's absolutely fine. But I would say you don't have to do that because to be honest, I think the most the best learning practice is actually gigging. Yeah. So if you did get some lessons from people that you like, the odd lesson and, and, and do lots of gigs, I personally that was my um way. I yeah. think, and that—that's—I think that was right for me because, um, well, I'd already got two degrees. I didn't really want another one. <laughs> yeah, and the tuition fees are so expensive now. It's not. Well, they it's are. Not, yeah. not even a viable option in in some cases, I guess. No, no. I mean, I loved to do my first degree, and when I first went back to do the second one, I thought I'm going to really enjoy it. But I actually hated being back in the academic situation. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'd sort of outgrown it, so I decided not to do a jazz. Um, postgraduate course yeah. which is one option I considered I mean said so that that you know might be absolutely the right thing for for the person to do yeah but I think playing is the key thing you know just doing lots of playing and not uh, you know underestimating the amount of time it takes it's not a race you know nobody's kind of like some people treat it in a very competitive yeah. way uh, it's easy to get sucked into that don't yeah. get sucked into it don't look around at what other people are doing too much other than to sort of compare notes. Yeah. Don't beat yourself over the head that somebody's better than you because there'll always be somebody better than you. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing advice. <laughs> yeah. Not, yeah. you're right. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's like the moment at the London jazz festival, you know, there's, there's, it's amazing, but it, it's a tough thing to observe if you're not playing a load of gigs at it when everyone else yeah. is. Um, yeah, it is. And you want to be up there, don't you? You know, it's natural, I think, to for a musician, you want to be up there. You don't want to be watching them. You want to be yeah. playing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's just normal, I think. Yeah. I was at the, um, I was at the, oh, what's it called? The Southbank Centre. Um, oh, yeah. The Festival Hall last week. Mm-hmm. And um, I was at the free stage watching a gig called Classical Meets Jazz. And it was, uh, it was like a primary school project with loads of primary school kids on the stage. No music stands playing playing tunes i don't know where they come from who'd written them but they had it all memorized yeah. and like a big band and a string section yeah. and um just stood in a brown jacket at the back was brad meldow oh wow and no and and my wife saw him claire was like hey that's brad meldow and we looked at him i was like yeah and they got and he was playing that night um but nobody oh, i don't know i don't think anyone knows that and all these kids and the people that set it up i, I felt like i I was like responsible for telling some kind. I felt like I should raise an alarm. Like, a like, Meldow alarm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Stop the gig. Look, Brad's here. Brad's listening. This is something. It was really cool, but 
you know, I enjoyed it. I liked seeing him, just seeing like what's going on in the community and like what the the what it is that's like. Yeah, it's just really. That's great. You know, yeah, if Brad's up for listening, then yeah, we definitely. should all be there. Yeah. Um. So anyway, definitely. the meltdown alarm. I'm going to create meltdown. one. <laughs> that's a wonderful <laughs> idea. Um. Before we yeah. go, this last song, yeah. um, mm-hmm. a cover of Bobby McFerrin's classic don't worry be happy yeah um who's the male voice on the song that's gary grace oh um, gary grace amazing yeah, yeah wow i played with gary like 10 years ago did you once, oh. one time yeah and I, i've been like facebook friends with him ever since but yeah. um wow that's awesome i've not spoken to him in ages oh that's cool that's i him. would never have guessed dropping my line yeah, well. I think um, yeah. Well, we do some 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 of the work with him on keys and and, and bass. Yeah, because he, he doesn't live too far away from us, so um, we do quite a bit of, of work with him in his band, in yeah. his, his uh, Rat Pack style band. Oh, that's as amazing. well. That's so, so cool. Well, mm-hmm. Wendy, thank you so much for coming oh, on the jazz podcast. Pleasure. Thank you, Rob. I've yeah. really enjoyed it. We've loved having you, um, and congratulations again on such a beautiful album. Thank you. That is out now, that can be bought now. It's easy to buy. You just have to start Googling Wendy Kirkland, Piano Divas. There's also some great videos on YouTube um, yes. that you yeah. can check out, which are free, which is a bonus. So you can um, watch those. We want to, there's, um, you're waiting to tip one over a thousand. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we've I've got, we've got almost a thousand. I think we had about 800 and 50 views or something last yeah. time I looked might be a bit yeah. more than that now yeah. but when when we get to a thousand on the uh, video of my baby just cares for me when that goes over to a thousand we're going to release the third one brilliant uh which I won't I won't say what it is but it's it's arranged by Dina DeRose mm. uh, I spoke about earlier so yes yeah. but we decided not to release the third one until we've got a thousand that's what we did with the, the first one yeah so uh, and I think it just means that you've got something to sort of hold back and then then reward people with yeah. it yeah <laughs> well let's get it tipped over a thousand Ooh, let's get to yeah, work let's do it let's it. do it let's do it awesome all right yeah. all right Rob thanks ever so much oh yeah thank you we'll keep Have an room. eye on you we'll see you um pizza express saturday and then um christmas I'm gonna, yeah um my wife's family live in Lincoln, so I'm going to keep an oh, eye out for charity gig. Maybe uh, we can meet up and uh, compare Christmas jumpers. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, just about Lincoln, there is actually a commuting jazz gig in the Lincoln P- Performing Arts Arts Centre, LPAC, oh, cool. at the university. So that happens every Friday uh, from 5pm till 7pm, and that's actually run by Steve Smith, Stevie Smith, the drummer. Oh, cool. So if you are in Lincoln, and there's a really good Christmas market, apparently. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of people sort of coming <laughs> in. After. <laughs> I love that face. Like, don't hold me to that. I've, I've uh, it's good. Well, no, we, I don't think I'm playing there for the rest of the year. Pat's there with with uh, Steve's band, and I'll be going along. But I don't think I'll be playing because um, it's. I, don't, I think he's already sort of the pianist in that band. Anyway, oh, well. so. oh. anyway I'll be there well, December well. the seventh or something. I can't remember. Oh, nice. All right. Yeah. Cool. Well, hopefully, actually meet you properly at some point. That would be really something. I'd love to be a part of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Thanks, Wendy. All right. Thanks a lot, Rob. Take it easy. We'll speak to you soon. Don't worry. 
You lost your swing, you lost your smile. No gigs in the book for.